What's up, everybody? Draft happened. We recapped it all, me and Caleb. It was a great time. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of drama going on. He tried to ruin the draft, being about himself. That happened. I think we're really concerned that the Braves might be a bad baseball team at this point. Um, there's a lot of things we talked about today. Thank you for listening so much. Let's get into it. Post draft edition. It was something that we literally sat there and talked about for three months. Ever since this podcast came out, which was around week 14 of the season of 2020. And we've been talking about a draft. I think we never, I don't think we ever went an episode without talking about the draft. It's here. The draft is here. And it happened. No, it happened. It happened. The draft happened. Some wild stuff went down. Some things we thought were going to go down went down. Um, not too mile horn. I know, we, you know, we didn't do any trades, but I did say the field or the Bears were going to draft Justin Fields. So if you need huge intellect, I'm your guy. But we, <laughs> We had a draft, Caleb. We had a draft. Oh, absolutely, baby. I think we had a couple of exactos and hours. You know, we kind of missed with uh, the Bengals and uh, a couple other picks. I mean, going to be honest, there's a couple curveballs. I mean, it, it was a little chalk, you know, like one through four. But then after five, things got a little hairy. And we were like, okay, this thing's going to be a little different than what everybody thought. So, it yeah. It was nuts. Um, Aaron Rodgers got into the news probably about two hours before the draft. Basically saying he didn't want to play. So then, like two hours before the draft, everybody was like, "Well, are the or the Forty Niners going to sell sell for Aaron Rodgers right here? Something's going to happen for Aaron Rodgers." Um, nothing happened there. We'll talk about that too. But a wild, wild weekend. So let's get into it. You you said it earlier. We we nailed some. We nailed some. What we did nail is one and two. We did not nail three. So let's talk about that. Let's just. Go through what we see. Trey Lance over Mac Jones. Um, now, going into the day, I thought what was pretty interesting is like that morning, Thursday morning, Mac Jones was favored to be the pick, like Vegas odds. And then I think it was around 2 p.m., 3 p.m., the odds changed. Trey Lance became the favorite. So there obviously was a report. There was probably more things coming out. But for like three weeks, we all heard Mac Jones – Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Trey Lance goes at three, man. What do you think? Well, the reports came out. They decided on this pick like two days ago. And, I mean, in hindsight, it looks like because, you know, not too long ago in the season last year, Shannon had a press conference where he said he wanted a guy that could throw like Drew Brees and run like, um, who did he say? He didn't say. I think he may have said Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's exactly what he got out of Trey Lance. He's getting a guy that is pretty much literally he gets to start from scratch. He's a damn good coach. So he gets to start from scratch with the raw talent, right, that can run and throw the ball efficiently and makes great decisions because he didn't throw a pick at North Coast State. Now, I think we messed up thinking that just because he only played 16 games in college was going to determine whether he got picked or not. When, spoiler alert, Mac Jones only started 16 games at Alabama. That was it. Yeah, that, that was it. So, um, I you know I think if it's gonna it's gonna these picks that they're gonna make or break. Like if Trey Lance is a flop, he's gonna get fired because we know that Jimmy Jimmy G is gonna be gone after next year, um, if not sooner. So if Trey Lance doesn't pan out in the next three years, four years, whatever it is, Kyle Shanahan got the guy that he he must have really really been. He was really great. Yeah, I mean, it was that was like probably I guess the first kind of shock of the night. Um, Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts. Thank God, thank God, thank God, we drafted Kyle Pitts. Now I will say I sat on the couch, and you know I I I dove into the draft. Okay, I was fully ready, and but when the Falcons pick came up, I got a little nervous. I was like, okay, like I just you know there was no reports that we were going to do anything stupid, and. We didn't. We took Kyle Pitts. I screamed in excitement, literally shouted, shouted in my house of just me. And it was awesome. It was just totally, 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 totally 
the right move, take the best player available. We got that right. And then right after that, the Bengals uh, took Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell. So we got that wrong. But, and we were talking just before the show, I was telling you that it, it seemed like Sewell was probably the smarter thing, but we there was a theme in this draft that, it and I, it is becoming more of a players' league, and they are drafting their quarterbacks, their guys, and they went out and got Jamar Chase for Joe Burrow. Absolutely, the first three receivers that got picked off the board for this draft, they all played with that quarterback that's on that team in the last in college. Yeah, and Jamar Chase was uh, Burrow's guy. Jamar Chase did not catch a ball from another quarterback in college because he opted out last year. Joe Burrow was his yeah. dude. Um, Jalen Waddle, same thing. That was to his guy. Right. Devontae mm-hmm. for a year. I mean, he played for him, you know, they were on the same team at one point. Yeah, they were on the same team for that national championship team. Now, granted, Devontae Smith caught the ball from Tua to win the game against Georgia. Right. But there's Javante. Devontae Smith played that whole season with Jalen Hurts up until that point. So that's his guy still in my in my book. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it's a player's league, man. I mean, you want to get these you want to get the young quarterbacks comfortable now. That, that could go two ways. You could either say, we'll get him comfortable by getting him protection. Well, Bing, the Cincinnati Bengals spent a lot of money on o- O-linemen for one, all right? And then, um, I mean, you know, I think Joe Burrow's going to be comfortable regardless. But if you look at Miami, all right, Tua was not comfortable last year because he didn't have anybody to throw to. They had they, they were able to block decently, right? But he his number one target was – Mike Gusecki or Devontae Parker. Now he's got a guy that he's familiar with. He knows where he's going to be, when he's going to mm-hmm. be. And it, you know, it just, it does something. I mean, it's, it is a true uh, and living thing that it, it is going to make a difference on his play. Yeah. So Jalen Waddle, that was kind of a surprise that he goes before, like, before Devontae. Um, then the Lions, they go Sewell. So they kind of, I think the Lions, for what they're trying to do with their identity, that getting Panay Sewell is probably like just a great like you know they're trying to get that tough mentality back there in Detroit. You start with the trenches, so that's what they did up front. The Panthers taking J.C. Horn, D- Denver taking Patrick Sertain, so back-to-back corners. A lot of corners taken um, early in this draft. And the thing with Devontae Smith is the Eagles traded up to get him, so they definitely cucked the Giants right there at eleven because I think it was known that the Giants. We're 100% going to take Devontae Smith, assuming that the Cowboys were not going to trade back. The Cowboys were most likely still going to take Michael Parsons at 10. And the Eagles cucked the Giants. Therefore, the Giants traded back. The Bears traded up and did probably the most dramatic thing of all this draft, drafting Justin Fields at 11. The, the take of Justin Fields and like all the Chicago fans are really excited and, you know, it's obviously like everything you see is just how the, it basically is an extension for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, who really haven't done that great. But they just drafted another guy that's going to excite the fan base, excite the owners, excite the organization to, you know, give them two, three years to run with it. What scares me a little bit is he's in Chicago and it's not I don't I don't know if that system's going to work out for I don't know if that system works for any quarterback at this point. And you're gonna put this guy in a situation. I doubt. I doubt he'll start immediately. I would really doubt that. Um, just off rip. But that was that was the big thing of the night. And now there's that's the big. I think that's one of the biggest questions of the draft and going forward is is Justin Fields. Is it gonna be his fault if he's not good in Chicago? You know, or is he? Go, or is somehow they're gonna figure it out? What What do you think? Um, I was. You have to go back to Mac Nagy's origins, all right? And he got this job with Chicago because he was great in Kansas City with um, Alex Smith, all right? And Justin Fields emulates a lot of the same things Alex Smith does, all right? He can run his ass off, can get creative with the read option, stuff like that. But like you said, I mean, we got to back up here. He's going to have to develop a little bit because Andy Dalton and Nick Foles are still on that roster. And you're telling me that Justin Fields is going to start over both of them year one? I find that hard to believe. This thing played out like a movie, all right? And we we had it in our mock that Chicago was going to take them. And in my own personal mock, I had Chicago trading up to seven with Detroit because I didn't think Sewell was going to be on the board anymore, and then they were going to take Fields there. So 
we both were halfway right. All right. Yep. But I think it is it, it was the smartest move Chicago could have done. They need to get a guy. Andy Dalton and Nick Foles are not the future for that franchise. They need a bright spot. And Nagy needs somebody that he can be creative with because he is a now, whether or not, you know, was Mitchell Trubisky bad because of Matt Nagy or was it because of Mitchell Trubisky? Honestly, I really don't know. I think it's probably a, a, a combination of both. Um, there wasn't that many offensive weapons, and they got to do a better job of surrounding Justin Fields to the people he needs, too, if they're if he's going to. But I like – I think it makes sense. I think Chicago really didn't need anything else in the first round. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, for sure. They did – they didn't. It didn't make sense to do anything else if you're Chicago, especially with that move. Chargers got Rashawn Slater, really good pick for them. Chargers had a hell of a draft. We'll get. Uh, they got Asante Samuel too in the second round. Um, they they've been widely recognized as having one of the best drafts um, in the media. The the Jets traded up to get Vera Tucker at 14, so they got Zach Wilson, a little young guard to go with them. And then your Patriots drafted Mac Jones, and they didn't have to move at all to get him. Biggest victory of the first round, in my opinion. Listen, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are best friends, and we know this, all right? I probably, out of the last 10 years, scored the highest on all the psychological tests and adaptability tests when it comes to grasping football concepts and stuff like that. And he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've seen since probably. Him and Joe Burrow are one two in terms of the college in the last couple of years. Um, I listened to Bill Simmons talk about this too. When once I kind of was thinking the whole time, I was like, okay, how can we get Mac Jones? So when Trey Lance went three, I was like, okay, we got a chance. Because I thought we all thought that Mac Jones was going to go number three. All right. And then when Jamar Chase went five instead of Sewell, I was like, okay, teams are going to start to slide. Up into eight and nine. And I was like, well, somebody's going to have to trade to go get them. Nothing happened. They traded up for Fields. They went on a receiver little run. And then once the Jets traded back into 14, I was like, well, shit, we got Mac Jones. I cannot believe we got him at 15. And props to Bill for not jumping the gun and getting up there and getting the guy that we did need at that spot. Um I cannot wait to see this guy in a uniform with the new offense next year with throwing the Hunter Henry and Jonas Smith and Nelson Aguilar all next year. I think it's going to be electric. I think Mac Jones really – I was talking about this to somebody else the other day – or today, actually. I think his game projects very well to the NFL because if you look – I mean, first of all, look at his body. All right, people posted the pictures. He looks the exact same way that fucking Brady did whenever he got drafted in 99. Mm-hmm. He plays the same. He's super cerebral, super smart, very good in – really, really accurate with the ball and has a hose, okay? He can put the ball everywhere. I mean, the the Brady comparison can't be made because they probably don't think the same, but when you talk about presence in a huddle, accuracy, I mean, you had Devontae Smith before the draft saying if he was to pick between him or Tua, it wasn't even a hesitation, and he said Mac Jones. He said he's a way better teammate, way better in the huddle. We, I think it's a, it's a home run for New England to get Mac Jones right there. And if I'm Cam Newton, I'm scared. i going to be honest with you. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the Auburn-Alabama beef. I'm sure everybody's seen the the memes of the little kid back in on the commercial. Yeah. With, uh, you know, the kid, I'm just loosening up my arm. Like, I can become the starting quarterback and take your job. And that's Mac Jones. He's all grown up, ready to do it now. I mean, how that's, that's one of the interesting things. I mean, what do you see? That, how do you see that playing out? Who, I would like, – Who's starting the year? I think Cam will start the year unless back. Here's the thing. Okay, so usually you don't see these rookie guys start right off the rip because they're still learning the playbook. But from if the reports are true and everybody's not blowing smoke up my ass, Mike Jones is probably the smartest quarterback to come out of the draft since Andrew Luck. If he's that damn smart, he will probably learn the playbook before Cam Newton knows learns the new stuff. So I don't know. I would assume they would not pay Cam Newton that what I think they gave him $10 million this year just for him to sit on the bench. They're going to utilize him. more than, Now, if they play a two-quarterback system, that may be a thing they could pull off also. New England would be the team to pull that off. Um, but I would not expect it to be the same style of football that we played last year. We got more receivers and two tight ends, and we're going to be tight end-centric like we used to be when we had Hernandez and Gronk, and that should scare the rest of the league. And they need a guy like Mac Jones throwing the ball to them and not a running threat like Cam Newton. 
I'm sure after week 10, Mac Jones will probably be starting. I'm sure that's how that's going to go. That's the way I see it, too. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's keep going. So, really, 16 through 19, the Cardinals, the Raiders, apparently, you know, they, they drafted Leatherwood, apparently huge reach. Uh, Mel Kuyper was having an aneurysm on TV for that one. Um, Jalen Phillips went to Miami. That made Miami also had a pretty good draft. Um, Jermaine Davis of Kentucky. The football. You, I really didn't think the football team was going to draft defense again, but they are just like we're going to continue to build this defense. Um, Kadarius Tony went to the Giants, and for the Giants who traded back nine spots, I think getting the best value at that pick in drafting Kadarius Tony, really good move. You know, obviously they wanted Smith, but we've both talked about how we like Tony a lot there. Um, Quiddy Pay, we saw him. He goes to the Colts. We kind of expect a defensive minded there. Caleb Farley goes to uh, the Titans. They've lost that on some corners, Adore Jackson, things like that. Darisau goes to Virginia Tech. We said our, the Vikings were going, they traded back nine picks, but we said the Vikings needed offensive line help for a while. And then Najee Harris went to Alabama, or not went to Alabama, he did go to Alabama, but he went to the Steelers. Uh, that was that was another one that I think everyone kind of knew was going to happen. No one was worried about Najee getting picked before that, and I think everybody knew the Steelers were just going to hop on that train because at that point you're kind of reaching for offensive linemen um, at 24 when really all the best ones you can get you can go day two get get the best player and then ETN. I think this was a, the one that kind of started. Then it was like all right. Uh, you know, we've seen, we just saw Burrow and Chase reunite. We just saw uh, Hertz and Smith, and we saw Waddle Tua. And then Urban Meyer just pulls one out of his ass in his first ever NFL draft and says, all right, well, we're going Trevor and Travis off rip. First two picks. What do you think about that? Um, I am not a fan of drafting a running back in the first round, though they may be talented enough. I didn't really like the pick. Um, I mean, because they have. James Robinson yeah. was a breakout guy last year. Why do you need another running back? Like, they have <laughs> their holes that they could fill. You talk about guys that got picked behind them. Bateman. Uh, Jacksonville needs receivers. All right. Now, if they want to use ETN as, like, a gadget guy, okay, fine. If they utilize him the right way, then I'm cool with the pick. But you had Bateman get taken after that? A little nervous. Terrace Marshall was still on the board, too, but we don't really know about that. Um, New York's pick of Tony really – I don't understand why they wanted a receiver so bad. They have uh, Galladay, Darius Slayton, right? Evan Ingram. They have all these guys. Why do they need to continue? Like, they have three or four good receivers. Why do they – Sterling Shepard's still on that roster. Why do they have to continue to go after receivers? That didn't make much sense to me. Uh, The Quidipay pick made perfect sense. We talked about Tennessee needing – it was either receiver or corner there, and they got the guy they wanted. Minnesota had the move of the draft by trading down 12 spots and probably still getting the guy they wanted. Yeah. Probably got the exact person they wanted the whole time. Um, Pittsburgh taking Najee Harris. This blows my mind. Okay, I get it. He's talented, and you nabbed it. But why are you going to draft a guy to run behind a line that's broken? Fix the damn line. Trade up. Go do something. Like, they had the guy – that they should have gotten right in front of them. They've been hemorrhaging offensive linemen in the last two years. But now, I mean, they just think, oh, yeah, Najee Harris is a big upgrade over Benny Snell, and he's just going to get pummeled just as much. Now we can spread the injuries around. Come on, man. doesn't make sense. Well, the thing about the Steelers, and, you know, we're going to go into the next few rounds here. Um, yeah, like I, I, I thought that drafting Najee Harris was something you could do because you're not – like because after Darisown, there's no linemen they get take. Or get took for the next, what, nine, ten picks in the first round. So I was like, okay, at that point you are reaching, and you can probably go get, you know, make a move on day two, go get a a pretty good offensive lineman. You still had Dickerson, people like that on the board. Um, And But they surprised everybody, and then the second round took Pat Faramuth, the tight end of Penn State, when they have Eric Ebron on the roster. So that was a little surprising of the Steelers to do there. Um, I thought taking the running back was fine in the first round, but I, the second round really made no sense. Um, but the end of the yeah, we finished out the first round. Greg Newsom to Nor uh, to the Browns. 
think the Browns had a pretty good draft as well. We'll talk about that. Bateman to the Ravens. So everybody kept saying it was going to be Terrace Marshall, and it ends up being Rashad Bateman. Uh, Peyton Turner to the Saints. That was kind of the guy that we hadn't even really got any first round buzz. He kind of sneaks in there. Eric Stokes goes to the Packers, and they didn't do anything to help out the uh, Aaron Rodgers situation once again. Um, but they did need a corner, uh, so that was the lone Georgia guy. Gregory Rousseau goes to the Bills. We, I, we kind of that was another team we kind of knew what was going to happen. I think I probably said Ojalari there at the 30. I was still kind of confident in that one. He obviously slipped back to the second round. But Rousseau, still a good choice out there at 30. And then uh, two linebackers to end out the first round. Um, so night one was fun. Night one was fun. It kind of died down, um, last 10 picks. But the second round... I mean, the second round was fun, too. Tyson Campbell's first off the board um, to Jacksonville. Elijah Moore, who was apparently like, who just kept sliding down the boards. Everyone thought he was going to get taken night one. He goes to the Jets. So Zach Wilson gets that. The Jets drafted three offensive players off rip. I thought the Falcons were maybe going to draft a running back, keep being fun in their draft, and they got serious, traded back. So the Broncos drafted Javante Williams. Um, Landon Dickerson got taken. Christian Barrymore got taken. The Falcons got their safety and Richard Grant to replace Keanu. Um, a lot of Asante Samuel goes to the Chargers. Aziz Ojolari, like I said, goes to the Giants. Um, that some, you know, some big names popping off. One of the interesting ones, I thought the LA Rams drafting Tutu Atwell with their first pick of the draft. Don't really think they needed to do that. Um, Thought that was one of the more interesting picks in the second round. But I think the most interesting one, just from a hype perspective, Kyle Trask going to the Bucks, going underneath Tom Brady with the last pick in the second round. When you look at the second round, Caleb, what, what pops out of you? Um, the Trask pick pops out big time to me because, I mean, I kind of talked about this with somebody else, but the Bucks they brought back everybody everybody's back. So all these draft picks are just development for the future and house money. So what are they going to do? They're going to go get the guy that they think could learn the most under Brady over a couple of years. I love the pick. Kyle Trask has only played probably 35 his entire football career. That's high school and college because he did not start in high school. All right. Greg Ward started over him in Texas, wherever he was at. So you're talking about a really raw talent who, um, who finished I think second or third in the Heisman last year. I love the pick. Um, Creed Humphrey, I cannot believe he slid that far to 63. I thought he was the best center in the draft, maybe a top four or five O lineman in this draft. But um, they um, didn't believe that to be the case. Um, a lot of these teams filled out the O lineman. There were some quality players taking the second round. We're talking Walker Little opted out, just a Georgia boy. He opted out of 2020. Uh, well, to 19, and, get, and that gives the blind side uh, or Trevor right there. And you talked about this earlier. Asante Samuel Jr. going to the, the Chargers at four. Hell of a pick. I think I had it in my mock that in hours that he was going in the first round because I think he's just that. He's, he's a little smaller, right? But uber talented. Really, really, really talented. Really quick, too. Um, another shock. That I did not expect. A Wusu Koromoa all the Yeah, that was a big one. Crazy. And Ojalari the same way. Like I didn't I thought these guys were really, really high quality and somebody would at some point trade it up to get them. Obviously not, and props to them. And you you said it. Cleveland hit it out of the park with these first two picks. They knocked it out of the park. And New York do a bad job with Ojalari getting him at fifty, because some people would have tra- probably taken them at twenty if they had the chance. Yeah, I mean, speed guy off the edge. I mean, I thought the second round was just as entertaining. The third round got popping off early. Um, Cisco went to the Jet or the Jags, and then we had three. Uh, we had Trask at thirty or it's sixty-four. Then Cisco to the Jags, and then Kellamon Davis Mills back to back. That was Kellamon to the Vikings. It makes sense. You know, you can't, Kirk Cousins, it's eventually going to wear out. You would hope maybe developmental stuff. Um, place the bet that Kellen Mond was going to be the first quarterback drafted on day two. Of course, he gets drafted two picks after the first guy does. 
Um, but then Davis Mills goes to the Texans in their first pick of the entire draft, and they draft Davis Mills. I, I I'm stuck between. It kind of makes sense, and it's the, what the Texans just can't get out of their own ass. Like, why would you know? In a way, I'm like, it kind of makes sense because you've got this whole situation going on with Deshaun. You don't know if he's really if you're going to be able to trade him or if he's even going to play or if you know all that stuff that's going on is legit and all that. And but you also have Tyrod Taylor. You also need so many other things. This is your first pick in the third round. And you just drafted a a guy that has not played much, only played I think twelve or thirteen games, um, in his college career. Obviously, the COVID kind of stopped him from playing a full season last year. But I just I didn't I'm that was a weird one to me. Falcons got Jalen Mayfield early in third round. Thought that was a good pick for value there. Um, third round, that's a pretty good big names. Amari Rogers, they Green Bay finally drafted somebody for Aaron Rodgers in a way. Amari Rogers, oh, Trey Sermons going to the running back where running backs love to go out there in San Francisco. Um, lot, I mean, a lot of quality names still off the board in round three as well. Uh, what was what was some big takeaways from you? Especially, what do you think about that Texans pick? Um. I've seen Davis Mills play a lot. I've seen him in person a couple of times too, and I think he's really talented. But like you said, I, it just it's a head scratcher. Houston must know a little bit more than we do, and I think that that rebuild would not have been answered by this pick anyway. Is this draft is almost like a uh, I don't even know compensatory maybe because like they're it's not going to help them in no time soon. They're going to have to do a full-fledged rebuild, and if that involves getting Deshaun Watson out of there and going between Tyrod Taylor and Kellen Mond, or not Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, then so be it. Because, um, I mean, he's just not – that was just not a name you really heard a lot before the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing about the third round, a shit ton of Georgia players went a yeah. ton. Ben Cleveland, uh, Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty was like a Florida State transfer. Didn't really play that much last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, within like 10 picks, it was Monty Rice, Ben Cleveland, and Trey McKitty all off the board. So five Georgia players on day two. Yeah, and I didn't really understand the McKitty pick. I mean, I know L.A. needs a tight end, but that's just a guy that didn't even play much in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Weird. Um, Anthony Schwartz for Auburn going to Cleveland once again. They knocked it out of the damn park. That's a burner. Now you got him, Odell, and Jarvis Landry on the same field. Be careful. Amari Rodgers getting drafted by Green Bay was probably my biggest surprise because I didn't think Green Bay was going to do shit for Aaron Rodgers at this point. Like I thought they were just pretty much done with him. And I love how Aaron Rodgers has pretty much said, "If that GM is still there, I'm not coming back," and for good reason because he's treated him like shit all these years. Um, and Minnesota answering an O-line uh, issue once again. Wyatt Davis is a great value at the pick that they got him. I thought he was second-round talent, in my opinion, um, but props to them for getting that taken care of. For sure. So, I mean, you go through round four through seven, obviously you don't get the name poppers that you get on day one and day two. Um, still some value. I think personally for the Atlanta Falcons, they had a pretty good draft. Um, went out and got a corner in the fourth round, then got a center in the fourth round as well. Fifth, sixth round, um, drafted some a receiver, some D tackles. Really filled out. I think the Falcons. I'm pretty proud of the draft they had. Um, as a as a bystanding fan, what about your Patriots? At the draft as a whole, what do you what do you think about it? Um, I'm a little hairy on this thing, man. New England's drafts have always been kind of weird. Um, I mean, when we drafted Kyle Duggar, the first pick last year, I was like, oh, here we go. And I thought that going to happen again this year. We we're going to pick some guy that I've never heard of in the first round. Like, but, um, Mac Jones, knock out of the park. Christian Barmore should have been a first rounder. I don't know how he wasn't. And we picked him. Uh, Ronnie Perkins was a second round talent on most people's boards and we still got him. Don't know how. 
So I'm pretty pleased with what we got going on. I mean, he's addressing the needs that we have. The first, the biggest needs that we had were pick one, two, and three. Um, I would have liked to see his pick maybe a receiver somewhere through there, but it is what it is. Um, hopefully some of these guys that we can maybe find an undrafted guy that's really, really good or something like that or make a track. Because um, we're still at receiver, but I am pleased with it. Um, I'll tell you who had the worst draft, in my opinion. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers had the worst draft out of everybody. Really? Yes. Elaborate. So they really needed they needed a running back, and they got it. They got it early, though. They needed O-line, all right? And so here's what they do. They go Najee Harris, first pick. You talked about it. They go tight end, the second pick. Why? Like, you don't need him. And then they wait till the third round to get Kendrick Green, a center from Illinois, who's a pretty decent player. But then after that, they don't they they draft some no name tackle from Texas A&M, and then nothing serves them after that. Like it just felt horrible. They could have addressed needs. Their their need was not Najee Harris. If they wanted him that bad, they could have traded up into the second round because nobody was going to pick him at the back of the first. It's, that's clear and obvious. Um, that the Steelers are in a really bad spot, dude. Like, they, um, you know, got the oldest roster in the league. And now they had one good pick, and the only pick that's worth a damn is probably Najee Harris. But they don't have anybody in front of them to run the that's not worth a damn behind that. Like, Freermouth, Freermouth, it seems like a fucking... Well... Here's somebody I thought this was pretty intriguing. The Cowboys' first six picks were all oh, defensive players. Thank God, dude. Their freaking defense is the worst ever. Yeah. yeah. So probably pretty necessary for it. But I mean, it was a draft. It was a draft. And now we just get to talk and wait to see what all these guys are going to do. Um, really excited. Plenty to talk about. But we've talked about it a little bit. Let's get into the Aaron Rodgers debate, debacle, whatever, not really a debate. Um, but on the day of the draft, the news comes out more Aaron Rodgers news that he's, he doesn't like being in green Bay. Shocker. Um, seems like, we've heard, seems like we've heard this a thousand times already. Yeah. Um, I currently was just clicking on the first article I see of Aaron Rodgers news and cat coach Matt LaFleur quote unquote, can't even take my brain to that spot of Aaron Rodgers not being in green Bay and uh quote unquote can't fathom and so i just want everything to do my power to ensure that does not happen um so i don't know like how much lafleur has um in the say of what the packers do you know i'm sure it's some he's head coach i'm sure he's got some say um and he obviously had enough say to kick the field goal in the nfc championship But that's a whole different thing, and I, this whole this whole situation, it's just pretty pretty sketchy. Just pretty sketchy, and, and then now there's the reports that Aaron Rodgers might just straight up retire, which I don't see that happening. Even though Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys, and there's all the things how he doesn't talk to his family, he doesn't, you know, he's just a weird guy, very private to himself. Um, keeps people close in his circle, but it just, it, it, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, they're just kind of pushing you around, not really listening to you. There's the stat that came out that was what, like eight of their eight or nine or nine of their last 10, uh, first round draft picks have all been defensive players. The one that was not was Jordan Love. Um, but and now that you know, there's spots like Denver and 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 the in Vegas and other spots are coming up that Aaron Rodgers could be heading to. But I just don't see the Packers ever just saying, "Yeah, well, we're going to trade Aaron Rodgers." Which, in a way, I don't blame them. But at the same time, you're kind of just doing both uh, doing both of you a disservice at this point um, because at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is still one and four in NFC Championship games. And he's pretty much got blown out in, I think, three of them. I know the Falcons when he got blown out with, the San Francisco one he got blown out in, uh, like, 
you know, last year he was, he, they were getting blown out and he tried to bring them back. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's hard. I don't, I try and I don't think you blame Aaron Rodgers. He, he was the MVP this year, which is pretty wild to think like you're not pleasing the MVP. But I mean, that's, that just seems like the Packers, the Packers and they're just, they're worried about, you know, they got all those stockholders and it seems like the, the stock is going down. The stock is for sure going down, dude. Listen, you got a guy, and we talk, I, I tell this to other people too, and I think this is common knowledge. Before Matt Patrick Mahomes came around and we saw him, I was of the opinion that great Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen, ever, 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 ever. Never seen a guy through off-platform, just quick, drop a dime, whatever. And I'll tell you this too, that dude has, Green Bay has ridden the coattails of that guy it doesn't matter who you put in a huddle with him. He's he's a 10-win quarterback every year. You're going to win 10 games with him in that huddle, at least. He's 37, 38 years old. He's winning MVPs. In Cincinnati, you know who made that pick for Jamar Chase? They asked Joe Burrow who he wanted. They have not asked the fucking MVP. Somebody's gotten them a Lombardi trophy in their trophy case. Not a single damn time who he wants, when he wants. And that's the reason why he's telling that GM, get the hell on. He don't want to be there with him no more because they have screwed him over. There is no excuse. And you can see it now with McCarthy where he shit the bed in Dallas last year. And it's the same thing with Brady and New England. We talked, you know, Brady and New England, at least New England was competent when it came to personnel. But Brady was the lifeline of that team's winning success. And Aaron Rodgers the same way. If he left Green Bay tomorrow they would probably not even go to 500 because that's how good he is. And you're going to sit here and you're going to actually try and fight with him about it. Just give the guy that what he wants, fire the GM who cares. All right. But I don't think he, I'm like you, I don't think he's going to retire either because he does not want to see his just career end on his fucking head coach kicking a field goal and let giving the ball back to Tom Brady in the NFC Championship game to fucking end everything. Like he he doesn't want to go out like that. And also, let's be realistic about life here. If he was to retire, he'd have to pay the Packers twenty four million dollars. I don't think he wants to write that check. Mm-hmm. So there, I think both sides are ready to dig in. Green Bay should just go ahead and fire that GM because if they are doing anything, they should please the fucking MVP. He's the MVP. Like, you don't come across that. Jordan Love's not going to do that for you. Or Jordan of- Love, too. It's like the, oh, shoes, gonna- the shoes he's going to have to fill is insane. Like, you have to fill – look, and, and I'm sure they said it about Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre left. And Aaron Rodgers obviously did a great job. Jordan Love could. Who knows? But, the like, just with all the drama and all the shit. And then you're also looking at it, you're probably like, damn, these guys kind of seem shitty. You know, like this, this organization kind of doesn't seem like they'll have my back if I'm doing pretty good in 10 years. Yeah, if they're willing to sell Aaron Rodgers, if he wins an MVP, like, and here's the main, main reason why he's pissed off. He wants a contract extension and they just want to renegotiate for his last two or three years. And he's not going for that. I think he wants to do the same thing Brady's doing and play until he's like 45. If he wants to let him. Like, he's that good. Let him do what he wants. Why would you even try? Like, if you're wanting to be a franchise, okay, fine. I see that you want to think ahead. Maybe you might fall off a cliff, this, that, and the other. But, come on, man. You got to do this guy right. He's your cue. Like, he is the guy. He is the reason why that team has won anything in the last couple of years. And, I mean, you can say he's one and four in NFC Championship games, but not many quarterbacks make it to five of them, bitches. And if they do yeah. – you know, most of them are going to lose anyways. Like, and he's always brought that team to play at the highest level they possibly could. Like, we've never said, oh, Green Bay could be better than this. No, Green Bay is as good as they could be every year because, especially offensively, because of him. Pay the man. Give him fact. And you, and you said it. I saw something this past week, and it was literally like um, somebody getting mad at, like, draft picks. Like, I think somebody was mad at the Falcons draft pick. And, um, you know, because you, and the reason I'm talking about this is you kind of compare how he wants to play till he's 45, blah, blah, blah. And somebody 
was mad. They're like, why do we need this? Like, we, you got to let go of Matt Ryan. Like, you need more excitement. New league. Like, it's a new league. You got to go with the new league. And uh, somebody said, yeah, we're we're acting like it's a new league. Like, a 45-year-old doesn't win the Super Bowl every year. Literally. I mean, you just had a 44-year-old quarterback mm-hmm. win the Super Bowl. Take the team that he joined after one year, didn't even have OTAs, and he won the league. And the guy that won MVP was only, you know, four years younger than him. Matt Ryan – to, last year led the league in passing yards <laughs> like what are we what are we doing he had better stats last year than he did his mvp season you want to get rid of him there's no such thing as a new league there's only a new style of player that everybody wants for their system and it is the 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 mobile quarterback you don't need that like what check the super bowls the last time a mobile quarterback and if you want to count patrick mahomes as mobile go for it but he makes his money by throwing the ball downfield, not by running sideline to sideline. So you point out to me the last time a, a, a running quarterback, guys that you would describe as a running quarterback, like they expect Trey Lance has gone at three. Who are you going to pick at four? Are you going to pick Justin Fields right there? Is that what you want, Falcons fans? No. No. <laughs> they should have, whenever they brought Kyle Pitts out on stage, they should have brought his ass with a gold jacket because he's going to be in one, I promise you, him mm-hmm. and Sewell. Two surefire guys that are going to be Hall of Famers. That's good to hear. That's good. To, that's like just a good assurance, you know, as a fan that you just know, like you just know the guy you got is going to be oh, insane. There's only one thing that's going to screw Kyle Pitts, and that's if he gets injured, and he is sturdy. If he get if he got hit by a scene like that last year in, in Jacksonville at the biggest party down south, and only was out for a week for a concussion, that's a tough motherfucker. He is going to be fine. I agree. About five years. That's going to be the issue. You got to pay them. Yeah, the issue of, yeah, who knows? And, you know, maybe they'll fuck it up. They probably will. As, you know, just thinking one, just thinking in my head about the Falcons and, you know, how they are. Um, let me ask you this, man. Um, I've had some, I've had some vents. The Braves suck. Like, I think it's official. The Braves suck. Ah. Uh... It's, I think it's I think it's truly official that the Braves suck. They're not as good. They're as they just are. not a good team. No, they're not. They're not. We are so top heavy, and the bad part is, is like Acuna is the MVP, and okay, so we're bad at the moment, yes, but mm-hmm. Acuna should not be batting three seventy, which is what he's doing. All right, so he should regress about 340 probably. That's going to be my – but there's no reason Freddie Freeman should be batting 202, and there's no reason why Marcelo Zuna should be batting 210 right now. Um, but beyond that, Drew Smiley, oh, my Jesus oh Christ. My. I, tweeted, I tweeted out the other day that that is about as close as you get to throwing mon- or money in the fire. Yeah, just set a, a wad of – what is it, 8 or $10 million they paid and him? $11 million. Set it on the table – Pour gas on it and light on fire. He's a joke. Why <laughs> pay Melanson that money? Yeah, like, we don't want to give Melanson or O'Day or it's it's, it's nuts. And now Darno's on the on the sixty day IL, which so I'm that- honestly, which makes makes me upset. Alex Jackson's on the IL too. That doesn't make me that upset. Contreras is going to get to play. I like Contreras, but you said it. I mean Acuna, you know the second best hitter on the Braves is. If it's Austin Riley, I'm gonna hurt somebody. It's, it's Austin. It's Austin Riley. Austin Riley hits three twenty nine. Him and Sandoval and he Acuna. went four for four today. He went four for four with no RBIs. Dude, I look, listen, man. the The Braves have found every way possible to blow a lead this year. We're super thin at pitching. Because Soroka can't stay on the fucking field. Um, Morton, yeah, and Freed, Freed's on the IL just because he sucks. He stinks, dude. He stinks. We're going through the same thing we went with Fulty last year. Like, li- literally, our ace is Charlie Morton, and hey, he's Morton. really not like. And then yesterday, we were up, yeah, 4 nothing, and we lost. I think it's official. The Braves suck. Like I think, I think, and everybody I've talked to, I think, is came to that conclusion that there's no way. And, I mean, you never know. June, July is really where you start finding who's real. And I'm just, it's it was a it's, tough April. 
anything, dude. It was 3-1. And Brian Signer cannot instruct these professional bastards how to run bases. And there goes there goes World Series. No, whatever. (laughs) Worry about it. Can't run a base. Whatever. Fuck it. That really us in game five. What what a joke, dude. Hey, dude blew out his elbow yesterday because he was throwing gas at us last year. Like, oh my gosh, why are we bad? And it seems like to me like the bats are really cold and they should warm up at some point. But I'm starting to lose faith. Like, okay, no, not gonna happen. Ozuna was a fucking lightning in a bottle during a six game stretch last year. Freeman was the same way. I mean, we know he's gonna bat two seventy before it's over with, anyways. But I mean, I want him an MVP level. I don't know about you. You know, there's no and follow that up with another. I'm, I'm, I'm so deep into it that I've gotten to all these conspiracies like that I've been reading online. And it's like one of the conspiracies is like Freddie Freeman just had those twins or whatever, right? And everybody's just like, he's so not focused on baseball, always worried about his those kids, like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you try not to be selfish, but you're just like, yeah, yeah that motherfucker. That motherfucker. Come on, man. And you know, cool. it's funny, and it's kind of, not, kind of funny. <laughs> But he, he, like, had the whole COVID scare last year before the season, and he came out, and he said he prayed, like, hoping he didn't die, like, blah, blah, blah. And then he, he won the MVP, and now he's just ass. And I mean, yeah, you're right. Just the – Aussie's hitting cleanup. Like, that's when you know we're just – what's uh, going on? We're in trouble, buddy. Well, and Aussie's – We expected so much out of Pache, and he's batting, like, 130. 167, yeah. He had a grand slam last night. It didn't even matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? This doesn't matter. Can't catch a break. It feels um, like I was the only guy and Ronald Acuna are the only people that I can trust right now to hit the ball. Yeah. And Acuna's starting to come down to earth now. A little bit. Yeah. 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 He's, he's still hitting his home run every two or three games, but he's coming down to earth. Like, he's not just getting on base every single time, which – Literally, I think he has to do for us to be a good team this year. Because we we, and the thing is, we're such a peak and valley team. We won three games in a row against the Cubs to get to twelve and twelve, and now we're sitting at twelve and sixteen. We've lost four games in a row. We got swept by the Blue Jays and lost the last game. And now we're now we go back to Washington to play the Nationals. And I just bet with our, we're gonna have to play. We're gonna have to play Scherzer at some point. I bet there's no way we don't. Well, he pitched today and had to go back. Oh, never mind. So we got out of that one. Okay. He pitched today and had to rush straight to the hospital because his wife had children or something like that. Yeah, I did see that. You're right. I did see that. Sorry. But, so you know, but I, 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 like, we couldn't even hit Drew Smiley himself right now. It's so bad. It's tough. The bullpen's tough. Uh, the other Atlanta team, though, the Hawks, doing pretty good. Had a tough little stretch there while Trey Young was injured. But, I mean, you're a Knicks fan, correct? Listen, man, things are getting a little spicy. That's in the- a potential 4-5 matchup, the Knicks, the Knicks and Hawks. That's going to be electric. Listen, be- Julius the- Randle placing to a destination, dude. Like there, and I, there was a report that came out on ESPN the other day saying that some free agents are starting to think, hey, listen, New York, to, we kind of want to play for Tibbs. He's got that team rolling. Julius Randle is a star. If Julius no. third best player in New York and he's playing like he does this year, you know, they might be up to something. He, he goes off against the Hawks. He truly does. Like, I, the, the only time I've watched the Knicks is when they play the Hawks. And he goes off. He scored, I think they play like three times. Or maybe, I think they play twice. But I think both times he's scored like 40 points. Yeah. And I mean, it's a relief just to see New York over 500 for once and not like battling for the 10 seed. Mm-hmm. But I'm still looking to next year because I know we're not going to get past the fifth. Milwaukee or, you know, th- those those teams are out of reach. And I don't think we'll beat Atlanta. I mean, you know, ever since Lloyd Pierce got fired, they're like the best team in the league. <laughs> but the Hawks, just so everybody knows, the Hawks, since they fired Lloyd Pierce, are 21 and 10. Like, <laughs> that's, that is so immaculate that Lloyd Pierce was that bad. He was that bad. And it's crazy to think they were 14 and 20 before he was fired. Like, what would have happened? And he didn't coach like three games. Like, he had like out of sickness or something like that. And they were 3 and 0 in the games he didn't. He wasn't there before he was fired. So he's technically like 11 and 20. Hopefully, what this thing should be, though, for like, you're seeing the Hawks and Knicks have success when other teams aren't. 
it, it says two things to me. Like, either there's something going on that's good, like they're building something, or, I mean, you know, Toronto was supposed to be pretty decent this year. They're horrible. Boston was I did say that. I did say that. We did a uh, NBA, like, preview of the season way back when, and I remember I was like, I don't think Toronto is going to be good. Yeah. I mean, but the, it's all weird now because now the Wizards are making a run, and then there's the whole uh, – you know, play and stuff. There's only like six games left. Yeah, they're about the playing game start like next week. Or like yeah, a week or two from now. Um, and I that that's just where I'm hoping for the Hawks don't get in a sit play in situation because I don't want to deal with all that. That's too much drama. And but it's close because four through seven in the East are all within two and a half games of each other. Yeah, well, they just gotta keep playing, man. Hopefully, you know, beyond this year, I know I don't think you're probably you know title or bust like i don't think the the knicks or the hawks are going to go on a heat style run like they did last year and make the final but maybe it'll attract some free agents next year i mean you got a pretty decent class coming out this year i'm pretty sure Kawhi, and you know so he's gonna pick somewhere to go you know he may want to get to the big market we don't know who knows but um all right that's gonna wrap it up we had a hell of a draft um and just wanted to catch up on some uh, Brazen Hawks. I've been talking by myself a lot about the Brazen Hawks. So thank you for joining me, Caleb. Nice little Sunday edition. Did it early. Just needed to get one out early for the draft. It was too too much to just wait two more days on. That's right. Big news, baby. Big. The thing we've been waiting on forever finally happened. It was everything we wanted it to be. Uh, and shouts to our boy Malik Herring for getting signed with the Yeah, shout out. Glad you said something. Shout out. Going to the Chiefs. Um, he was like the only one that didn't get drafted that got a graphic. Yeah. Like, you notice that? Like, I kept trying to wait for the other graphics, like of like DJ Daniel or like somebody like that that got signed somewhere. Like Jamie Newman. Like, I was waiting on Jamie Newman. But by the way, fuck Jamie Newman. But I'm glad he didn't get drafted. But shout out to the boy Malik. Um the 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 draft had more like what well, I saw a stat it was like two million more viewers or like twice maybe it was two million or like twice the amount of viewers the Oscars did yeah, so fuck, yeah. fuck fuck that and two million more viewers in the Oscars but it doubled the NBA Finals yeah that's crazy the NFL is supreme and it, and and the draft was still cringy as fuck with Roger Goodell bringing out his chair and it, I don't know. Roger Goodell is a cringy man. Cringy, cringy man. So that's, that's the bugs. Like, and it's just, I don't know, hilarious to me that he's the boss of all these millionaire athletes and like, yeah, wild. But that's going to wrap up this week on Deep Shot Podcast. Thank you for joining me, Caleb. We'll see y'all next time. See ya. We got some we got some new bands, yeah, yeah. Treating these deals like this is old vans, yeah, yeah. I for that little bitch, told her just bring her friends, yeah, yeah. It's not for me, no, it's just for my mans, yeah, yeah.